0: ESPN El Paso.
1: Great to have you back here on Sports Talk as we come your way on a Thursday afternoon. It feels a little strange. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't been in this studio in three months plus, but, and I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm going back to the house tomorrow. I'm not lying to you, folks. This is just, you know, understand that when you have a unique situation, you make uh, y- you make certain, uh, certain sacrifices. And when I was told I can have Lance Taylor on the show, I thought a phone interview like we've done the last three months would be fine. But I've never met him. I've always wanted to meet him. I've heard the stories. The stories get better and better every year. And I figured... I have got to go uh, face-to-face with this man that so many uh, high school football fans and sports fans in El Paso have talked about from those dominant years in the 70s at Coronado High School. So I figured, you know what? We've got a two-hour show today. Adrian is right across the glass. I haven't said that in three months. Wow. I, I say you're down the street, so it's nice. It's good to be in the... Actual Lube and Go Studios today, as opposed to my home. And today, we can welcome Lance Taylor to the show and uh, spend the hour with him uh, talking about uh, his days at Coronado at Texas and, um, you know, talk about what what made Lance the the player that so many look uh, uh, at at him as, uh, as one of the most dominant and the greatest high school football player in El Paso. So when somebody brings you on the show and talks about the greatest does it is it still is it a little hard to, to comprehend when you think about all the you know the great players that have played high school ball in El Paso over the last hundred plus years?
2: Yeah it's it's uh, it's difficult I mean it's been a long time since I played and uh, I've been stuck up in Tulsa Oklahoma and and uh, although there are some people up there that know I played for the University of Texas mm-hmm. um, I, it's not the same exposure as when
1: I come back to El Paso. I believe it. Now, how long have you lived in Tulsa for?
2: Um, I have lived in Tulsa almost 30 years now. Oh,
1: wow. And and where were you prior to Tulsa? Um,
2: I I went there right out of school, right out of Austin. So I've been in Tulsa ever since I started working out of school. I I did do a short stint with the Houston Oilers, and so I was in Houston for a while, uh, but... I went back finished school
1: and then went to Tulsa. What made uh, what made you pick Tulsa of all the places you could have you could have gone?
2: There was a professor at the University of Texas who had a class that I enjoyed probably more than any other class I took. Um, it was a computer modeling class doing site retail simulation and he was on the board of directors of a company and got me an opportunity to go up there so I I thought it would be fun to do that and then I ended up getting stuck there. That's fantastic. No complaints, though, right? No, nope. no. Nope. I like city. Tulsa. It is an enemy country because it's Oklahoma instead of Texas. But
1: was there ever any consideration coming back to El Paso out of Austin when you were at UT and then the Oilers? Did you ever think to yourself, you know what, Sh- you know, should I go back home and and, and start living here and, and and come back, or or were you always looking at, at perhaps going someplace else?
2: Well, I, I think originally going to Tulsa, I sort of wanted to try to make it on my own without the utilization of my name. Uh, when my parents got a little older and uh, I sort of wished then maybe I'd come back to El Paso first. But uh, I've had a good time in Tulsa, so I can't complain.
1: That's awesome. Now, you grew up in El Paso. Um, you played uh, football. I was assuming since you were a little kid, right? When did you really start to first play football?
2: Well, um, I was born in Utah, okay, and in fifth grade I moved to uh, to Idaho, and they had a fifth grade sixth grade team. That was the first year I played organized football. Then we moved to El Paso in the sixth grade, and I went to uh, Putnam Grade School, and that's where I started. Uh, I played in the sixth grade, and that's where I started my El Paso tour.
1: Did football always come easy to you, even when you first started playing in grade school?
2: Yeah, uh, football was all was always a natural for me. Um, I remember the first day at Putnam, we uh, we had a, a football game, and we chose players, and I was the last person picked, and then the very next day when we chose players I was the first person picked so it didn't take didn't take them long for for me to realize that football was my sport
1: now what kind now when you were picking uh, teams back in those days in 6th grade were you playing uh, two hand touch were you playing tackle what were you playing
2: well that was that was just touch football in the yard on the rocks and stuff but okay. uh, um, we did have an organized tackle football team. We went undefeated in 6th grade. We were one of the first first teams to do that, I think, out of Putnam.
1: So, uh it was pretty good exposure. That's unbelievable. So, you come to El Paso and all of a sudden you realize, hey, this 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 football thing around here could could really work for me. And after Putnam, it just uh, did it just keep carrying over into uh then junior high and then high school.
2: Yeah. So, junior high uh my f- was at 7th grade was Moorhead. Right. And uh They'd had a new football coach who had moved in there called Coach Brooks, mm-hmm. who uh, eventually I would play for the whole time that I was in uh, El Paso. And uh, I started off on the seventh grade team. Uh, coach Brooks came into uh, my room with the uh, with the seventh grade coach and said, we'd like to move you up to the eighth grade team. And I said, no, I think I want to play with my friends. I, I, I'm not really interested in playing on the eighth grade team. So about two weeks came by, and they came back in again and they said well this time we're not giving you a choice we're just gonna go ahead and move you to the eighth grade team so from then on I played for Coach Brooks eighth grade freshman year in high school and then all through high school
1: Wow so back then it was still uh, when you went to Coronado uh, you went as a freshman and went all four years it wasn't as if because Moorhead eventually became seventh eighth and ninth and then Coronado was uh, you know sophomore, junior, senior years of high school but back in those days in the seventies Two years of Moorhead, seventh and eighth, yep. then nine through twelve out of Coronado. Correct. Did you always play um, after that moving up from seventh to eighth? Did you seem like you always played a, a level up? Although in eighth grade you had to play on the eighth grade team because you couldn't play right. uh, at Coronado. As and,
2: an and freshman year, I played the whole year on the freshman team. You did. And okay. again, um, coach reminded me this of that this weekend that that we were undefeated on our freshman team too. But uh, at the end of the year, they always move a few freshmen up to the varsity team, so I did get to get moved up. And then sophomore year, there were three sophomores that played on the varsity team, and
1: I was one of them. Did you ever lose a game from sixth grade before you got to Coronado as a, uh, on the varsity? Well, uh,
2: we did lose a few games uh, seventh grade year. I don't think we lost a game of eighth grade year. But uh, seventh grade year, I think we lost a couple.
1: Okay. So sixth grade undefeated, eighth grade undefeated, freshman year at Coronado undefeated. Uh, seventh grade, a couple of uh, a couple of hiccups. Yep. Okay. Now, here's what I've heard from people, and you can you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Lance, because i'm I'm you know lo- loving this. Number one, I was told that teams couldn't stop you. That was the first thing. You were unstoppable. They tried to game plan you. It didn't matter. In El Paso now, they could not stop you. And I was also told that you didn't only want to beat people. You wanted to destroy them. Now, was there a certain mean streak that when you put a helmet on, it was just a different type of personality for you competing in football?
2: Yeah, I've been told that. Um, a lot. Do you, of... do you agree? Y- yes, that's true. There was something about when I put the uniform on, when I got in a competitive environment. And even to this day, although I'm a really nice guy most of the time, if I'm at a football game and it's a team I'm passionate about um, – in fact, my we were at a, a Texas OU basketball game one time and uh, – uh, I got in an argument with a guy below that was a big OU fan, and I told my wife, "You'd come get me out of jail if I got in jail." And she said, "No, I'll make sure the kids get home. You can find your own way home." So
1: <laughs> that was that. Now, um, and that that brings us to another question: Have you been in jail over the years? <laughs> no, I haven't. Okay, so you've never let the temper get yeah, you to the point. It's where never you've had
2: gotten to that bad that it ever caused me to have to get thrown in jail. So,
1: man, now what was it? Because uh, the, the closest thing I think about are guys like Butkus, who is known to having that same kind of personality on the football field. LT was that same way at linebacker. He didn't just want to beat you. He wanted to drive you into the ground, and he would talk some trash and always back it up. Were you a trash talker on the football field?
2: No, I wasn't really a trash talker. Um, I like to let uh, my actions show who I was, and uh, I've always felt like I was pretty aggressive. I was a Pretty hard tackler and a pretty hard runner, and so I felt like that was enough.
1: Okay. Um, Would teams try to talk trash to you to get into your head or get under your skin during a game?
2: Yeah, there there were people who did. There were teams that did. That yeah, was just their nature, but it never really seemed to bother me that much on the field. So,
1: Lance Taylor uh, joining us here in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Hey, if you want to get into the show, we've got them for the whole hour, folks, till 5 o'clock. 880 is our telephone number. I do invite phone calls. I invite you on Twitter. By the way, I'm going to read you some tweets that I got yesterday when we made this announcement, okay? And, and this was just people uh, reacting to the fact that you were going to be on the show. Um, here you go. Listen to this. This comes from Gabriel Blanco, first off. He starts it off. I played for Coach Brooks in the late 80s. My linebacker's coach, Coach Carson, would show us tape of Lance killing it. I later coached at Coronado, and I did the same. Lance probably doesn't know that decades of football players at Coronado became better by watching him on those old films. What a great tribute that is. Yeah, that's a great tribute. Michael Pry follows up, and he's and he's coaching now. They're all, they're both coaching. And Michael follows up by saying this even in the mid nineties, we would watch film of Lance Taylor. When we would break down film on opposing linebackers, Coach Brooks would walk in, cross his arms, point his finger up on his cheek, and say he's no Lance Taylor. So you talk about the relationship between you and Coach Brooks. It started out at Moorhead when you were in seventh grade, goes to Coronado, and he still considers you the the standard for how a football player should play at that linebacker spot.
2: Yeah, Coach has been a, uh, a great mentor, um, a great friend. And he's like a dad to me in a lot of different ways. And uh, he was a great coach. He was my defensive coordinator through most of the
1: years at Coronado. What was was uh, high school football like in the 70s? When you were playing in the mid-70s, the quality of competition, give me a little bit of an idea of, of what it was like then.
2: Well, um, one of the things that uh, Coach Quarles was the head coach there then, mm-hmm. and one of the things Coach Quarles had done that I thought was really good was the sophomore year he decided that he wanted to raise the level of our competition. So for the next three years, every year the very first game we played was Odessa-Permian. And Permian had just won the state championship the year before. Um, They had a senior linebacker by the name of Daryl Hunt that ended up going to Oklahoma and and playing. And uh, as a sophomore we lined up in a power-eye backfield and one of the first blocks I had to make was on Daryl Hunt. Mm -hmm. And he uh, quickly introduced me to Texas high school football, and uh, so um, we had a bunch of great games. Uh, We got into the playoffs every year and went pretty far in a couple of the years.
1: That's awesome. Um, Did you ever beat Permian in that first game of the season when you played them uh, during those years?
2: No, unfortunately, we never beat them. Uh, We got close my senior year. We also played them in the playoffs. You lost on penetrations. We lost on penetrations. We were within two yards of. Of of going ahead of tying them in penetrations and we were ahead on I think it was total yards and first downs, which would have won us the game, assuming oh. they didn't get the ball and drive it a long ways.
1: Was that at the Sun Bowl or at Permian? It was at Sun Bowl. Wow. What a game that must have been for. Yeah. Unreal. That, yeah, was your, we were, that was your last high school game in El Paso, correct? Yeah. We were ahead
2: fourteen to nothing. Um we uh we had had a uh, a defensive back that had gotten hurt and we had a kid who was a great defensive back but um, hadn't really played a whole lot that year, and they threw two long passes to tie the score. So Ugh. we all sort of always sort of wished we'd had that other guy in there. Maybe that would have kept us from from one of those passes being completed.
1: Would you say that's your one high school regret in uh, football is just not getting a chance to, to beat Permian your senior year? Yeah, beat
2: Permian, and, and really if we had beaten Permian, we would have had a pretty good chance to go all the way to the finals. Um, they lost in the finals to... Port Nature's Groves, who had a really good team that year, too. But uh, I, I regret that I didn't get to play for a state championship. Man.
1: All right, I'm going to take a phone call for you right now. We've got uh, Dane on the line. He's going to get things started. Dane, welcome to Sports Talk. Uh, you're on the phones right now uh, with uh, Lance Taylor.
3: Yeah, thanks for taking my call, Lance. I'm calling all the way from uh, near Houston. Uh, we overlapped one year at both Coronado and at UT. But I wanted to ask you, a couple questions about your time at at Texas. Uh, Can you talk a little bit about your recruitment uh, by Darrell Royal? and do you have any uh, good memories you can talk about of the 77 Oklahoma game? Thank you.
1: Great job. Thanks,
2: Dane. Yeah, um, so uh, believe it or not Texas was one of the schools that I didn't have any interest in going to. And uh, back in those days you couldn't recruit a high school senior until August of his senior year, and uh, Coach David McWilliams, who was my linebacker coach, and eventually was a head coach at Texas, um, did one of the smartest things I've ever heard of is he flew to El Paso on the first day you could recruit players, um, got in the car with a friend of his by the name of John Fulmer, drove to my dad's plant, my dad worked for old El El Paso Mexican food, and took my dad to lunch, and sold my dad on going to Texas, and uh, I knew from that point on, I didn't know it, but I should have known it that I was going to go to school at, at Texas. And they did a great job of recruiting me. And um, I got a chance to go to, never been to a Texas OU game, went to the Texas OU game that year, sat in the Texas section. We lost, but I was going to Texas
1: after that. What other schools were interested in you back then?
2: Um, so I was recruited by, very heavily recruited by Notre Dame. Uh, considered Notre Dame pretty hard. Um, I had gotten letters from USC, Ohio State, Michigan. Um, Arizona State had a really, really good... They had just won the national championship with Frank Cush a few years before, and they had recruited me real hard. Um, All the teams in the Southwest Conference, Texas A&M, Tech. So... um, I pretty well had my choice of where I could have gone. Did UTEP even
1: bother, or was it not even worth it?
2: No. Um, so my one of my best friends, who uh, had was the quarterback at Coronado's, dad was an assistant coach there, uh, Steve Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, they had always been really good to me. Um, UTEP had already always taken care of me, so I did I did go visit, um, but. I wanted to play on a different type of stage. And sure. fortunately for me, um, that coaching staff got fired the next year. Steve left and ended up at Baylor. So I i don't know that I would have stayed if I'd gone there anyway. So. Wow.
1: All right, we're going to come back. Hey, plenty more with Lance Taylor if you want in great questions, Dane. 880-5763. You can also uh, hit us up on Twitter and on our free mobile app. But first, uh, let's go to Charlie 1 and get uh, traffic started off right. Let's get our first update of the afternoon, 19 past the hour. Charlie, how we doing? 23 past the hour, we're back with Lance Taylor. Former Coronado, Texas great. He's in town. I've got one line available, 880-5763. That is our telephone number. You can also tweet the show, 600 ESPN El Paso, as we continue. Let me go to Orley. He's going to join us next on the phone lines right now. Orley, welcome. Uh, you're on with Lance Taylor. How are you? Hey,
3: Lance, Orlando. Man, I don't remember me. I was the trader manager.
2: Yeah, I you know, remember I you. To get- remember you helping us out a lot. Yeah. You know, I was telling the guys,
3: people don't remember, you were also in the wrestling team. Yes. And I, I did that for Coach Brooks.
2: He yeah. I had never wrestled before, and he said uh, at that time, uh, Roger Showery had a really good chance to win state. And right. he didn't have a heavyweight. He said, you don't have to lose any weight. You just have to come out and wrestle. And uh, so I did wrestle my junior year. Uh, and I did get to go to state. Um, I think I came in fourth place, but uh, so it was a fun time. I still don't – I didn't know very many moves, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I had a good time.
1: So wait,
3: uh, I, I remember we you wrestle Frank
2: Gabbard from El Paso High. He was uh, huge. I think he beat me the first time I wrestled him, and I think he was, like, number one in the city, and somehow I got him the second time, and uh, – um so it was a it was a that was a pretty fun memory to actually have beaten him. He
3: still hang he still
2: hooked up with any the old guys from the team. I mean I still see some of them once in a while. Yeah, I w- was uh I was real fortunate um several of the guys got together and said, "Hey, let's try to come back in town and see uh Coach Brooks." So uh we had Stan Purnell, uh Gilbert Lara, uh, Gilbert, Bob Duchowski, wow. um, and uh, Nick. Uh, Nick was a quite quite a bit younger than I was. He was like in ninety two, yeah. but he was here oh. also. So uh, we did got you, quite a few people together. Oh, and Chuck, Poses. Chuck. Chuck came Chuck, in too. I haven't
3: seen Chuck in a while.
1: Orly, were you going to ask another question? Yeah,
3: let me ask you real quick. Did... um. Did you ever make it to the, the reunion?
2: I think you were there for the first one, weren't you? The 10-year? No, I did, I made it to our 10-year reunion. Uh, yeah, 10-year,
3: yeah, right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But I haven't well, been back for any since. And I – unfortunately, my uh, daughter played uh, soccer at Trinity. And uh, the week they dedicated the field to Coach Quarles and Coach Brooks, and they had all the players back, uh, right. was her – was her senior uh, send-off game, and I couldn't come back for that, so I really regretted that.
3: Well, we, you know, we had a lot of good memories back in 76. Let me tell you, some of the best games I can remember, you're right. Quarles believed in a strong schedule. I think we played Tascosa our senior year, or your, uh, the, the year senior year. Played Kermit in the first game. I think we only played one local team. That was Bel Air. I think the rest were all non-conference,
2: out-of-town games. Yeah, we we and, always played Permian, and then we also went to the uh, you know the Amarillo Lubbock Amarillo. area to play some team. Yeah,
3: Tascosa. Yeah, yeah
2: Tascosa was the senior year, and they yeah, had the a pretty good year, team. Boy, they had a pretty good team. Let me
3: take great memories. I'm glad to see you're doing good, family good.
2: Yes, they're doing great.
3: Well, it's good to hear from you, and uh, like I said, we had some great memories back in that. I mean, that was a great senior class.
2: Yep, it really was.
3: Class. yeah. We a lot of a lot of successful businessmen and and people now from that class. Good hearing from you, Lance. You take care.
1: Okay, thank you. Appreciate it, Orly. Thanks for the phone call. Let's keep moving along. Right now, joining us next, a man that uh, last night was uh, found out the good news he's uh, going to be inducted into the El Paso Athletic uh, Hall of Fame in fact we'll talk to Ed Stansbury president of the hall coming up uh, a little less than an hour from now he's Oscar Lee sir and he joins us on the phones right now Oscar congratulations good to have you on the show with Lance Taylor
4: well thanks hey Lance how are you
1: great Oscar
2: it's good to hear from you
4: nice nice to hear from you you, you know uh, I was talking to Steve last night and um he told me you're going to be on the show and I told him the first memory that came to mind was when we played together when I was in fifth grade on the sixth grade team and your parents would take us up to Burger Chef and buy us a soda after every game and you know as a child believe it or not those are things that are very memorable and make a big impact and a difference in a a child and that's one of the first things that came to mind last night when when he brought that up that you'd be on the show.
2: That was a great time we had a Really good little football team there at Putnam.
4: Yeah, no, I told him, I said, we had a great team. I said, I I still remember the whole playbook. I said, Lance to the right, Lance to the left, and Lance up the middle. I said, it worked every time.
2: Well, um, we won't tell Goodrich that. He thought he had something to do with it, too.
4: Yeah, no, don't tell Jeff, uh, because it was, I mean, I still remember it. In every tackle, we'd go, Lance, hurry up. The guy's going to get over scrimmage, and you make sure he didn't. But uh, no, you know what? I, I do want to thank you. you. You know, you're the, the way you played the game and how you represented not only yourself, but our city when you left makes a big difference. And it makes a difference in the youth and the people that are coming up. And, you know, the youth look up to people like you. And, and I want to thank you for that because you represented yourself well and you continue to represent our city.
2: Well, I, I thank you. I love El Paso. I. Every time I come back, I I wish that uh, I would have spent more of my later life here. But uh, it's great to know that I still have so many
4: good friends. No, I know. And every time you come back, I'll talk to Andy. And Andy said you go eat there every time. Yeah, Avila. Yeah,
2: I just went there. We went there. I've been there twice so far, uh, three <laughs> days, and have been there twice. I think the last time I saw you was at Avila's, wasn't it?
4: Yes, sir. Yeah, absolutely. You were so, with Mike Jaffe at yeah. that time. But again, uh, congratulations on all your accomplishments. And, uh, you know, again, thank you for representing our community and our city. And I wish you nothing but the best in the future.
1: Thank you, Oscar. It's great to talk to you. Oscar, what was your reaction when you heard the news that uh, you were going to be part of the uh, Hall of Fame class of 2020?
4: Well, I was very humbled. And, you know, a lot of the accomplishments in my life that, uh, you know, when I moved here from Mexico in 1967 and accomplished a lot of the things and gotten some of the recognition in my life uh, I never would have ever ever had imagined it so every time something like that happens I actually get a small tear in my eye and I get very humbled that uh, people would consider me and you know and and place like a guy like Lance Taylor coach Haskins or anyone like that so you know there's many awards and accomplishments that I've accomplished and, and every one of them has humbled me and has and, and I'm very thankful for everyone that ever considers nominating me and electing me to meet
1: anything, that's awesome. Hey, by the way, I want to hear more about Burger Chef from the '70s, since uh, you brought that up right now. How 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 good was that, Lance? Was that a pretty a pretty popular spot back then on the west side?
2: Yeah, and it was. The kids loved to go to it, and it was a nice little reward for
1: us uh, after we won a game. I believe it, Oscar. You enjoy those trips to Burger Chef?
4: Oh yeah, we climbed the hill right up, up from the field, climbed straight up, and went over there and. Uh, like I said, it was it was a huge treat for us. Uh, mm-hmm. There was very few people that were sweaty, and Lance was one of them. We weren't because we, we got to watch the game. <laughs> we, we had our uniform on, but uh, we did enjoy those sodas. So.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Oscar, congrats again, man. Well done, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon, all right? Thank you. May God bless both of you. Oscar Lee is joining us here 32 passes we continue. We've got another half hour to go with Lance Taylor if you want to follow those calls 8805763. We've cleared the lines. You can also send us a message via social media on Twitter or on our free mobile app. But first, uh, let's get over to Adrian. He's got this bottom of the hour sports center update. Adrian, thank you very much. As we keep things moving here on the show, Lance Taylor is joining us in our 600 ES Piano Paso Lubingo studio. You know, I always think of what could have been um, had injuries not gotten in the way for you at the University of Texas. You were so dominant uh, as a sophomore. You racked up 123 tackles, had a a terrific season. And really, um, when you look back, Uh, the only thing that could have slowed you down would have been those injuries, right? Because otherwise you were one of the most dominant uh, linebackers in college football at the time.
2: Yeah, it was uh, and one of the real sad parts was when I got hurt the last game of the season against A&M my sophomore year um, we were getting ready to play Notre Dame for the national championship and uh, so it was a real sad deal that I couldn't, couldn't play in that game and um, of course, Notre Dame had uh, Joe Montana, um, had uh, Ken McAfee, who was an All-American tight end, had one of the Browning brothers that was a defensive end for him. So they had a really good team. Uh, and I'm not saying that we would have won the game if I'd got a chance to play, but it, I would have loved the chance, the opportunity to play in that game.
1: You injured your shoulder making a tackle against, was it a running back for or fullback for A&M? Um,
2: A&M had a... Uh, Two hundred and ninety-five pound uh, running running back uh, by the name of Woodard uh, had played fullback or had played fullback for him a while, and they had moved him to running back. And uh, myself and two other guys were trying to bring him to the ground. And one of my one of the safeties on our team that was a headhunter came in with his head down and hit me in the back. So it was basically friendly friendly fire that ended up separating my shoulder. So,
1: Man, were you ever the same after that? Um,
2: The shoulder really didn't bother me that much. But then the next year, um, I tore my knee up about halfway through the year. And so that really affected my speed to some degree. And it took me a little while to get back. And so um, although I played a lot my senior year, um, I didn't get to start. um, And that probably affected me. I still got a chance to go go pro. Mm -hmm. um, But... Uh, the knee injury probably caused more issues for me than anything did.
1: And unfortunately, medical surgery was about, you are about 20 years too early. Because right. had you had that knee injury, you know, in the late 90s or 2000s, you'd probably be just as good as ever. But in the 70s, uh, a knee injury was a really big deal.
2: Yeah. And in those days, too, they would put, a, put you in a full cast uh, for eight weeks. And when they took the cast off, my knee joint was actually bigger than my uh, thigh which and I have some pretty big thighs and so and they found too to this day that it actually causes a lot of long-term problems because um, you don't do all the exercises that you should do so yeah it was uh, um, knee injuries still can be pretty bad but they're a lot easier to recover from now
1: Let's go back to the phones as we continue here with Lance Taylor in studio. Russell's next up on the phone lines, 37 past the hour. Russell, welcome to Sports Talk. Thanks for the call.
0: Uh, thank you. Uh, I, 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 I never met Lance before, but I just wanted to tell him he was my hero growing up uh, in El Paso. I was a few years behind you at Coronado. And I think we shared the same uh, pediatrician in El Paso. And you know how we used to have to go in annually to get our physicals uh, to play football, uh, every year, I would go in, and Dr. McNeil would say, "Oh, Russell, you're going to be—you're bigger than Lance Taylor was when he was your age. You know, you're going to be an even big, better football player than he was." So I had these big dreams growing up that I was going to play college football and professional football. And then after eighth grade, I just completely stopped growing, so all my dreams were just shattered. <laughs> 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 That's but too but bad. It, it was always—I I mean, it, Lance uh, 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 or y'all brought up. Uh, the fact that, you know, Lance was so nice off the field, but just, you know, a terror on. I think he really started a tradition of a number of players that around that same era a little bit after that were exactly the same way. Uh, Lance mentioned Bichowski, uh Forrest Rich was like that. Uh, Jay Sad, I mean, nice, nice guys off the field. But, man, once you're on the field, they would knock your head off.
2: Yeah, and I did – I forgot to mention Forrest. I actually did get to see him – Today, we met down at Coach Brooks's house, and so it was really good to see him. He was quite a few years younger than I was, but um, because of what a good football player and our relationship with Coach Brooks, I actually spent a lot of time talking to him and, and uh, hopefully mentoring him to some degree in a good way.
0: Yeah, it's it's great, great hearing you on the radio. Thanks for taking the time uh, uh, to do the interview.
1: Well, thank you for the call. Appreciate it, Russell. Thanks for getting in. You know, it's funny. Oscar is into the uh, Hall of Fame now for the class of uh, 2020. You were inducted in 1991 here into the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. You're also in the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. So I think it's nice that despite not having the opportunity to do the things as a pro football player that you dreamed and probably thought you would going into Texas, um, you still have had so many people honor you for all the accomplishments you had, both at Coronado as well as at the University of Texas.
2: Yeah, I've been very fortunate that I've gotten a lot of awards and a lot of great recognition. And, you know, it helped that I played at a place like Coronado that, that had such a great t- tradition and where we won a lot. Helped that I played at a place like Texas, where um, every year that we were there, we were ranked sometime during the year, we were ranked number one in the nation. So um I was very fortunate. Uh Dave Campbell football um had always backed me and always uh given me a lot of accolades. So um due to that I've always been pretty fortunate. I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that were great players, just didn't get the recognition that I did and so didn't get some of the accolades I did. Did we
1: ever get you on the cover of Dave Campbell's? Did you ever were you ever a, a cover
2: boy for that? Nope I was never a cover boy. Um I did make um the Southwest Conference all-decade team for Campbell's. uh, And I did make their – they had a – in high school, they had a – I think it was called Friday Night Heroes, which were the top players in Texas, and I made that also. So
1: I love it. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up the hour with Lance Taylor. If you would like to get into the show, now's your chance. 880-5763. Sports Talk continues right here. 600 ESPN El Paso. 48 past the hour. We're back right now. Lance Taylor with us here in our 600 ESPN El Paso Lubingo Studios. Still to come, Raul Rodriguez to begin our 5 o'clock hour from Icon Custom Builder, and then we'll talk to the president of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame, Ed Stansberry. Let's jump back to the phones right now. Bill Howell is going to be joining us next on the lines. Bill, welcome to Sports Talk. You're on with Lance Taylor.
5: Hey, Steve, thanks. Uh, As you know, I'm a graduate of UT and a longtime fan and I wanted to tell Lance that, uh, and your listeners, other than the possible exception of Tommy Novus, Lance is the greatest linebacker that Texas ever produced. Being right here from El Paso, certainly represented our city and, and uh, Coronado High School well. But he was wonderful, had a wonderful career in Austin. And had he not gotten hurt against A&M, we probably would have beaten Notre Dame in the Cotton Bowl that year. But, uh, Lance, I have a question for you. Is uh, your dad still with us?
2: No, dad passed away um, quite a few years ago, So, and my mom's passed away too. Um, well,
5: I'm sorry to hear that, but I wanted to tell you personally, uh, at the time you were at UT, I was a season ticket holder, and I went to every game. Uh, most of the out of town games and all the Austin games, so I used to see your parents at the airport going on the same flight to and from Austin, so I really enjoyed meeting your dad. He was a great guy, and i 'm sorry to hear his passing
2: yeah he loved uh he loved football and uh i I found that i didn't hadn 't really even realized it um, there were we had sort of a mini reunion with some of the Coronado kids and He used to go to practice almost every day, and he'd go in the locker room after games and congratulate him, and um, a lot of them knew him really, really well, and I didn't realize that he had done that after I left.
5: Well, he was a great fan. Also, I want to tell you real quickly, uh, David McWilliams and I are close friends. We went to school at UT at the same time, and he started telling me about Lance Taylor when he was going through recruiting. I'm really glad you made the decision to go to UT.
2: Well, I am too. I love my time at UT. I'm I'm still a huge fan, as my wife can attest, because I drag her out to to games all the time, and we have to have the Longhorn Network on about ninety percent of the day. So, <laughs> are was, you still
5: are you still in Oklahoma?
2: Yes, I'm still in Tulsa. But I bet uh, you
5: get a lot of, a lot of friendly Oakies talking to you. Don't oh, you?
2: I know, I know. If we don't beat them every year. Uh, then I have to go through a whole year of misery. And unfortunately, right. my whole office is uh, either OU fans or OSU fans other than one Baylor guy. So, How
5: long will you be in El Paso?
2: Um, I am leaving. Unfortunately, I'm leaving tomorrow. But I'm, I'm hoping to come back again in the fall. Um, uh, it's been too long since I've been here. And I'm hoping maybe to try to put together a little mini – a uh, Coronado football player reunion in the fall so we all can get together and see Coach
1: Brooks.
5: Yeah, that'd be great. If you do come back, let Steve know. I'd like to catch up to you when you're back in town.
1: Okay, that'd be great. I'll do that. Awesome, Bill. Hey, great job. Thanks uh, for the phone call. Appreciate you sharing those stories with us.
5: You bet. Take care. All
1: right, you too. Got a line ringing in right now at eight eight zero five seven six. You mentioned your wife. How long have you guys been uh, together?
2: Well, we've dated about... Uh, 12 years, and we've been married for nine years.
1: Congratulations. So,
2: uh, and we've got three kids that we love and and uh, spend a lot of time with.
1: That's terrific. Good to see that, and I'm happy that uh, you've had a chance to have your wife here to be a part of the segment with yeah, you as well. This that's, is her, her first great. time to El Paso. She's been real impressed. Nice. Let's take another phone call right now. We have uh, Jaime joining us all the way out in Santa Teresa. Jaime, welcome. You're on with Lance Taylor. Well,
6: thank you very much, and, and I'm glad to hear that you're... You made it back to visit us for one more time. Yeah, my real quick story about Lance, and it has, I, I lived out in Socorro, Lance, when it was very small, and we were a small school, and and
3: uh,
6: I was already out of high school, and I went to go see uh, Austin and you all play in the Sun Bowl. I think it was 1974. It was a, play, a, a big game because the Sun Bowl was sold out, and, and it was a big high school game. So we, I got a chance to go because I had a lot of my wife had a lot of cousins playing at Austin, and uh, I just I was at awe just watching you play at that time period, and then uh, the next weekend you all played Isleta, I think it was for the district championship again in the Sun Bowl, so I took a bunch of the guys from Socorro to go watch you watch you play, and the guys half of the guys had never been to the Sun Bowl, it was about six or seven of us. And I kept telling them, man, you need to keep an eye out for this guy. This guy, Lance Taylor, the linebacker. And the guys, half of them, were just happy to go to the Sun Bowl because they had never been to the Sun Bowl. And, you know, we're, we're very, very country back then. Like I tell these guys and, and to understand that point. But uh, when I took them and, and they saw the, the Sledder game. Sledder had a game, Slita had a real nice, small running back called Lico Dominguez. Do you remember him at all?
2: Yeah, I think I remember him, yeah.
6: He was a very small and quick. Yeah. And he, he was like a way of something to the future uh, of running backs where he would hide behind the the, the 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 big offensive line and all of a sudden you see him sneak out and boom, he's gone down the sideline and went over the middle of the field. But your, 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 your um, way of, of defending him was, was just amazing because you would catch up to him from behind as they were running a sweep or an off-tackle play. You, you're, you're, the way you read the play or the way you knew your anticipation of what play was coming up was just amazing. Uh, uh, the, the guys that came, went, came with me from Socorro were just kind of like, wow, you know, who's this guy? And I said, just remember that name, <laughs> Lance Taylor. And, it's, and the, these guys, you know, uh, from still this day on, they still bring it up when we get together and they say, man, I still remember when you took us to the Sun Bowl to watch the match So, you know, all around that, the region, you had an effect on the way you played and the way you, you stood out and when you went to Texas. So I just want to let you know that that we, we as fans, really, really enjoyed watching you play. Even though we didn't go to Coronado, we had nothing to do with Coronado, we still went from Socorro all the way to, to the Sun Bowl to watch you guys play. And, and to watch you play at Texas was just amazing.
1: Terrific. Terrific. And, and, well, I, I sure the appreciate the kind words.
6: Everything
1: you do. That's Thank awesome. you. Appreciate it, Jaime. Before I let you go, and you've been great all hour long, what advice would you give a young football player now that's playing, whether it's Coronado or any place else, somebody that has the dream and wants to, to eventually have a chance to try to see how far they can go? What would you, what would you tell
2: them? Well, um, work hard. Um, listen to your coaches. Um, you go through a lot of training and um, – to be a football player that is directed by the coaches, but it's the extra stuff that you do that really gets you over the hump because all every other school is going to be out there putting in the effort. But if you can do extra stuff with lifting weights or running or running stairs, et cetera, um, and be a student of the game, try to do as much as you can in regards to watching tapes and, and even just, you know, watching games. I, I loved football and, um, Sunday after church, first thing I always did when I came home was sit with my dad and watch the two NFL football games. So I was always watching football, and and I think a lot of the, the things I did, a lot of the natural stuff I did, I gained from
1: watching it on TV. Awesome. Really enjoyed getting a chance to meet you. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, definitely, anytime you're back in town, feel free to come back. We'd love to okay. have you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it very much. You got it. Lance Taylor joining us here on Sports Talk. Hour number two is next. Stay with us. Back with more. 600 ESPN El Paso.